Welcome, travelers. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 17 of Travel Happens. Today, I have Heather Brookshire with me. How are you doing today, Heather? I'm good. How about yourself, Douglas? You know, um, when I'm talking to you, I know I need to eat. So, um, <laughs> so did you eat? I did eat. Good. Uh, a half an hour ago. But I'm hungry again. Because <laughs> <Uh-oh. laughs> it's a snack. Um, we're going to dive into one of your best tips today. Let's get to it. This is Travel Happens, a podcast all about enhancing your vacation. Do you want to make your trip go smoother, easier, and more special? Keep listening. I'm your host, Destination Douglas. Think of me as Moraine Sedai, Tyrion Lannister, Gandalf, Mr. Miyagi, and Yoda rolled all into one. I'm your guide when it comes to cruises. Joining me today is Heather Brookshire, Queen of Dining. Today, we explore five overlooked dining experiences at Walt Disney World. Let's face it, you don't want it to occur, but travel happens. We're here to supply advice, guidance, aid, and be your advocate through all the potholes and pitfalls to your destination. Do you need help planning a trip? Reach out and we can make it happen. Okay, so we're back and we're talking news. What news do you have for me, Heather? So today we're actually going to go over and start at the West Coast and we're going to talk a little bit about Disneyland Resort. So just released information about the holidays upcoming this year for at the Disneyland Resort. It will once again transform into the merriest place on earth for the holiday season, which begins November 11th and will actually run a little bit past the new year into January 8th of 2023. Uh, World of Color will get an addition to its normal programming and will be called Seasons of Light during this holiday festivities. You can also experience the Viva Navidad Street Party at Disney's California Adventure, as well as the Christmas Fantasy Parade, everyone's favorite over at Disneyland Resort. That was always one of my favorites growing up as a kid is to watch that on TV on uh, Christmas morning. That was a tradition. What about you? Uh, no, I didn't have, I, I've never seen it on TV. I've never seen it, it either in person or on TV. It wasn't something that was available. Oh, wow. Oh, that's, yeah. that's a highlight of my morning. It's like, you know, come downstairs, open presents, and then watch the very Merry Christmas parade on TV. Right. So exciting. And in addition to that, there will be favorite characters that you can find in the hub at Disneyland. Some of them debuting brand new outfits. In addition, there's also attraction overlays at Disney's California Adventure. You can find Luigi's Joy to the World and Mater's Jingle Jamboree. Who's Jingle Jamboree? Mater. Oh, oh, from Cars. Yes, over in Cars Land. Yeah. And also the Small World Holiday Overlay and the Haunted Mansion Holiday Overlay will also be back for this year. You know what? There's something that I find, I think, doesn't, California get more overlays on their attractions than Orlando? I think they do. And part of that is because the the clientele is different. So in California, you have more locals and in Orlando, you have more um, travelers coming to the destination um, from across the entire United States and across the world. Yeah, that makes sense. Having the rides down out there is okay versus being at Disney World where you wouldn't want the rides to be down for an entire month on either side while they make the changeover. So they they do have overlays in Orlando. They're just simpler to do that don't require much or any downtime. Right. And also uh, the other thing is, you know, if you're a local and going to your local park, you need it to be a little bit different to create interest for people to keep on returning and returning and returning. Whereas in Orlando, if you live in Wisconsin, you're not going, let's say, 
twice a year. You're, maybe you go once a year or maybe you go once every couple of years. So that makes sense. Right. Yeah, that's exactly it. And so also along with that, there are the hotel transformations or the holiday transformations rather of the hotels and the downtown Disney district with all of the holiday decor and the beautiful trees, including the beautiful gingerbread house at the Grand Californian. You know, of course, I had to just, you know, yes. slip that one right in there. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, more holiday news. So uh, back on the East Coast, Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party is starting. Is that just next week? It's August 12th. Can't believe that that's already already here. We're, we're in, the hol- in the Halloween almost. season. Almost. almost. Yes, almost. <laughs> of course, quite a few stores have already started with Halloween. So it's no surprise that the parties will be right behind it. Yeah. So three of the three of the favorites that I want to try um, would be the Un Poco Loco Tots, which is chorizo sausage, green onion, and Hades cheese sauce. The Winifred's Elixir of Youth Black Tea Slushy with Kiwi Foam and a Winifred Chocolate Piece. And the Not-So-Poison Apple Pie Milkshake, Apple Pie Milkshake with Green Green apple whipped cream, sour apple marshmallow straw, cinnamon donuts, and a poison apple straw. A poison apple straw. Okay. That sounds like <laughs> a meal to, in itself. That's, well, that sounds like I'd have to experience it to believe it. Right? So all of those will be available during Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. Um, you can also make your evening even sweeter if you choose to Um, add on the not-so-spooky spectacular dessert party, which is at the Tomorrowland Terrace. The festive edition will let you sip and snack on mouthwatering Halloween-themed concoctions, including pumpkin cupcakes, chocolate-covered strawberries, cheesecake mousse, and pistachio white chocolate crunch bar. Have you ever done one of the dessert parties, Douglas? Yes, I have. I, I, um, over in Epcot. I uh, was, a, and we, uh, a, yeah, a, Amy uh, Krause and I discussed my experience at a dessert party last week. So I'm not going to bore everybody with <laughs> my experience two weeks in a row. They're quite something. And it's a nice um, level up to a vacation if that's uh, yeah. something that you want to, if that's an experience you're looking for. Yeah. And that's all I have for news this week. All right. Well, I'm going to start with Universal News. And Halloween Horror Nights 31 takes place 43 nights between September 2nd through October 31st, 2022, and will boast 10 new movie-quality haunted houses inspired by everything from cinematic greats to unfathomable original abominations five scare zones, and two outrageous live shows. But mostly, it's all about the haunted houses. (laughs) Um, During a panel at Midsummer Scream 2022, John Murdy announced Scarecrow, the Reaping, uh, will be featured as a haunted house at Halloween Horror Nights 2022 at Universal Studios Hollywood. Set during the Dust Bowl era in America's Midwest, Guests will enter abandoned farmhouses where scarecrows are creating new ones from trespassers. The house will be located in one of the tents on the Curious George parking lot. And then over uh, on both coasts, the weekend is headed to Halloween Horror Nights. Universal has announced the weekend after hours nightmare, a new haunted that will be inspired by the weekend's record-breaking album, After Hours, and be featured at Universal Studios Hollywood and Universal Orlando for this year's event. And then Epic Universe not only has lands established in Orlando, they made room so they could do expansions so that the the, uh, park can grow as things progress. And the rumor mill suspects that (laughs) one of these expansions could be based on the Lord of the Rings franchise. And that makes sense because if you consider that there's an upcoming release on Amazon 
for Rings of Power. And you combine that with the original trilogy of Lord of the Rings and the trilogy based on The Hobbit, and you've got quite a bit of material to work with as far as source material goes. But because it is rumored to go into an expansion area, uh, this land won't be, I won't, don't think, I wouldn't expect it for uh, when the park opens up. It's going to be, I think, a few years after that. And then for newses for the cruises, the big news is regarding pre-cruise testing. Um, last week, we talked about how Virgin Voyages uh, has decided not to require pre-cruise testing. And another uh, cruise line, Margaritaville, uh, did the same thing. But both of those are small cruise lines. You know, Virgin Voyages right now is only operating two ships. Margaritaville has one ship. So <laughs> it's a whole lot easier to manage than if you have a fleet of 26. So um, that's what's going on there. But with the larger cruise lines, they've started eliminating testing with short sailings. Uh, so these are sailings that are under six days in uh, length. And Part of the reason is because most sailings are for a week or more. They're not, most sailings aren't these short-term uh, sailings. Um, another thing is when you think about these short-term sailings, it's a different animal. And would you agree, has that been, have you had the experience on a Disney cruise of a short cruise versus I know you did a week cruise but right um I haven't done a full week cruise okay. um I, my first one was three nights and the second one was five okay um so but yeah it, it was it was different it was nicer to be I enjoyed the longer cruise a lot better well, <laughs> than the well short yeah well it's even better when it's even longer than that like if you were to go on a Disney cruise that was seven or eight nights, you'd really ex experience the full uh, Disney experience at sea. Whereas if, and you really notice the difference when you compare it to the, you know, three days or three nights. Right. Um, yeah. So they, they're just, so even though uh, you've heard from a lot of these big mainstream cruise lines that they are eliminating this pre-cruise testing protocol, it's not on most of their sailings. It's only a small proportion uh, of their sailings. Um, for details about your specific trip, you need to contact your trip advisor and they'll fill you in on what you need or don't need to do. And then this is also one of those things that can change on a dime and you really need to be on top of your game. So, you know, be careful of what you end up doing. <laughs> right. um, when it comes to MSC, uh, MSC Musica started sailing in early June. The entire MSC Cruises fleet was back in service. For the summer, that means 11 ships in the Mediterranean, five ships in Northern Europe, two ships in the Caribbean, and one ship in the Middle East, uh, according to the president of MSC Cruises. In the United States, MSC sails from Miami and Port Canaveral and will also have the Meraviglia year-round out of New York in April, which is very convenient for me. I'm less, <laughs> I'm, I, I live less than two hours uh, driving time to New York City, so that's good news for me. Uh, meanwhile, the city uh, will serve as the backdrop for the naming of the MSC Seascape in December. She then sails to Miami, which, where she will be deployed for a winter season in the Caribbean. And um, just today, I received an invitation for the uh, naming, the, well, it wasn't exactly the naming ceremony, but a ship inspection, a ship tour while it's in New York. And uh, so I signed up for that. And basically, they're like, TBD, we'll, we'll give you all the details. <laughs> just this is the date. 
And I looked in uh, my calendar. I'm like, oh, that's a that looks like it'll be a good day. I could go up there. So um, I'll report back to everybody my experience. Should I go? I'll report back what my experience is. And then um, Norwegian. Cantieri Shipyard has delivered the new Norwegian Prima, which is the first of six vessels for Norwegian Cruise Line's NC, uh, new Prima class of ships. So very exciting for me because uh, I'm going to be on that ship in just a few months. And then <laughs> its sister ship, Norwegian Viva, the second Prima class ship, has been floated out. Uh, this is the first time it has touched water, and the float out marks a major construction milestone for the ship, signifying the completion of external work, including the painting of the ship's hull with artwork designed by Italian graffiti artist Manuel de Rita, commonly known as PETA. Construction now continues on Norwegian's Viva's interior fittings and guest accommodations before being officially delivered to NCL next July. And that's all I got for news. All right, so we're back and we're talking about five, count them five, overlooked dining experiences at Walt Disney World. So give me all your secrets, Heather. And let's just say that's really just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the overlooked experience dining experiences at Disney World. Uh, yeah, they, um, there's a lot to choose from. I had to narrow down my list. I had eight or nine on here and I was like, okay, I need, I have to narrow it down to five. We said just yeah. five. So that's right. So I'm going to start, so, at- you know, if, if people want to get the whole long list, cause I bet you, 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 even when you had the, you know, nine, that was narrowing things down. So <laughs> yeah. You know, if they want the whole list, you know, just book a Walt Disney World uh, vacation with Heather and she'll hook you up. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's start at Coronado Springs Resort. I actually, there's actually two on my list uh-huh. at that resort. Um, I find that it's kind of an overlooked resort in general. It definitely is. Yeah. Um, because it's not a monorail resort. It's not a Skyliner resort. The only transportation it has is by bus. Um, well, so, I think I think another reason is because, you know, for years and years and years, it was always touted as a conventioneer space. Right. You know, and really the only reason why people might go there is because they're attending some convention. Right. But with the addition of the the new tower in right. 2019, I believe. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really transformed the whole resort. And that tower is absolutely stunning. Yeah. Stunning. Well, I feel like there's different benefits to staying in Destino Tower. Uh, that lends it more towards a deluxe visit as opposed to the moderate visit that they currently are promoting it as. Right. Absolutely. Such as the only moderate resort that offers club level. Right. So it's kind of, it's, you almost have to think of it as an in-between sort of, if you're, if you're kind of thinking of wanting to do deluxe, but you don't, you don't quite want to pay for deluxe. Right. This is a really good fit for you because it does offer quite a bit um, that some of the other moderate resorts do not. Yeah. But what kind of dining does it have? So it, but two of my favorites. So Toledo, uh-huh. uh, which yes. is Tapa's steak and seafood is located on the top floor. I believe it's the 15th floor. And again, I said it's tapas, so it's Spanish-style small plates that are meant to be shared with the whole table. Right. So um, I've visited twice. I've been pre-pandemic, and then I don't know if we're post. quite. Po- I don't know if we're quite post, but somewhere in the well, middle. <laughs> um, <laughs> more recently. Um, right, more recently. So the the experiences were a little bit different. Um, the first time that I went, we really did have the full tapas experience. They had all of the small plates. Um, one of the things I remember that we had was a cheese course that had, I 
I want to say three or four different kinds of Parmesan that were aged to Mm -hmm. different times. So there was a three month, a six month, a nine month, and I think a 12 month. Mm -hmm. And that was something I had never given a lot of thought to much less had the experience of going through, you know, the periods of time of, of the aging of the cheese like that. And so that was a, that was quite amazing. Um, so then when I, when I visited again, just last year, um, we had a charcuterie board, which is probably, which of course is very popular these days, but is very much in the top of style. Uh, that was probably one of the best charcuterie boards I've ever had. Again, the cheese was just phenomenal and the olives. Oh my gosh. I could go on forever about those olives. (laughs) (laughs) again some of the best I've ever had and just the mixing and the matching of the cheese with the meat and the olives um yeah it was it was fabulous um and then something else there that I got on both visits um was their signature Toledo tapas bar dessert and again it's kind of an experience because it takes you from sort of sweet and light all the way through very decadent and heavy and it's it has five flavors really in one bar. There was white chocolate, lemon, raspberry. I want to say milk chocolate and dark chocolate. And they told you, you know, start at the light end and work your right. way through to the dark end. Yeah. And that was just, you know, being a pastry person. That was a really really cool experience for me. Not something that I really expected to experience at Disney World. You know, sometimes you don't always think of these high-end experiences being at a theme park. Right. You think hot dogs and hamburgers. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So that was something just um, pleasantly surprising uh, when we visited and just delicious. Um, And the atmosphere there is very it's very sort of chill and relaxed. The, the lighting is sort of a, sort of a yellow with reds mixed in hue. Um, again, sort of on the Spanish side, the, the decor is, um, is very beautiful and really goes with the overall theming of the hotel. So just a very nice, um, experience overall. And if you time it right, you can see the Epcot fireworks, um, for, an extra nighttime spectacular. Anytime I could experiencing experience something for free at Walt Disney World, sign me up. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so then if you if you aren't full enough <laughs> from that experience, then um another addition that came with the uh Destino Tower was Three Bridges Bar and Grill. Now this is a very different experience. So number one, it's all outside. All of the dining is outdoors, um, but it's all covered. So of course in Florida, it rains a lot. Um, so they've got that part covered. Um, it is only open in the evenings, um, but it's located, it's three bridges because you have to take one of three bridges to get there. It sits in the middle of the lake that's located right behind the tower. Um, and there is no reservations for this. Um, it's basically a walk-up list only. Um, and so that's, that makes it kind of a unique experience because there's not a lot of restaurants that have, that don't have reservation, advanced reservations, uh, like that. And the, the night that we went, it was, you know, it was in September. So you'd think it would be really hot, but actually there was kind of a cool breeze coming off of the lake. Mm -hmm. So it was really pretty pleasant to sit outside even in the middle of, you know, Florida summer right? Uh, at night. Um, and two of the things there that I just absolutely loved were the roasted corn dip. That was just divine. Um, so of course they roast the dip and they mix it with spices and other vegetables. Um, they kind of, it's a little bit creamy, but it's not like a full on like ranch dip type situation, but it's also not just straight corn. Like you would think of like street corn. It's sort of a mix between the two. Well, it makes sense. You said it's a dip. So, right. So yeah, it has cream corn and whole corn. Yeah. And then pan con tomate, which is a tomato bread, which is, um, roasted tomatoes, uh, crushed, um, like sort of 
not dehydrated, but, um, I would imagine they probably, um, like sweat it down in, um, a pan. Um, and of course with all the, the spices with it, which is just again, divine. And those are actually both appetizers and I could just go there and have those right. and be completely satisfied. Well, it's funny you should say that because I remember one time I was over at the Hollywood Brown Derby and I was having lunch there. And I said to my server, the best part of this meal were the appetizers. I could just have a meal just of all appetizers. And she's like, well, next time, that's what we'll do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, you don't have to have a straight meal at any of these restaurants. You can go to a restaurant and have a really unique experience just by the way you eat at said restaurant, which is a perfect segue. Thank you very much. Into my next Into my next um, unexpected experience. Um, So this one takes place at California Grill, which is atop uh, the Contemporary Hotel um, over near Magic Kingdom. Um, And again, if you time it right, you can watch the uh, Magic Kingdom fireworks from this restaurant. You can either request a a window table or you can go out on the balcony and go watch them outside for an even closer view. Unless Uh, Unless you're me. I talked about this with Amy Krause, how I had uh, this planned and um, I just had, by the end of that meal, I had hit a brick wall. I had been going (laughs) since the crack of dawn before daylight. I had been going, 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 going. And by the time the fireworks were happening, I was exhausted, I'm like, <laughs> you know, which goes to uh, our point of incorporate some rest time. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Go ahead. I'm sorry. You were talking about uh, the California grill. Yes. <laughs> um, so any of these restaurants, you're probably going to have to roll out and go take a nap. Uh, you may not be able to make it to the fireworks because you're going to be so full by the time you leave these restaurants. <laughs> you're yeah. just going to need to take a nap afterwards. Well, that's why they have it in a hotel. They've got beds there. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's a very that's a very good observation. Yeah. Um, so two of our favorites there are ravioli and tomato broth. And when I say ravioli, I mean just one. Uh-huh. It was one giant ravioli in tomato yep. broth, not tomato yeah. soup. So right. it's it's more it, of a it's, clear uh, and it's liquid. filled with goat cheese, right? I think so. Yeah, it was yeah, a cheese yeah. ravioli. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and what that I was, had when I when I hit the ball. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I mean, that is such like, I mean, that we both remember that is pretty spectacular. You know, <laughs> that really says something about that one singular dish. And yeah. I just remember how surprised I was by the uh, by that tomato broth. I had never really given a lot of thought to tomatoes being a broth, you know, making broth uh-huh. from tomatoes. More, I've just always experienced like tomato soup, so it was a little. I was a little surprised when they brought it out, and it was more of a you know clear liquid uh, that the ravioli was sitting in. But to be clear, this is a large ravioli, yes. definitely enough for two to split. Uh, well, well, maybe. <laughs> two of you, not, not enough to split me splitting it with somebody else. I I needed it all. Go ahead. Uh, well, see, that's why you were so full by the time you got done. <laughs> I was satisfied. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Um, so, but speaking, okay, so we were talking about a minute ago, at, you know, how you eat at a restaurant can lend itself, itself to the experience. So, when my husband and I were on our honeymoon and we went to California grill, uh, we kind of, so California grill to us is a verb. So we, we kind of invented a style of eating where if there's a menu that has multiple sections on it, so say appetizers and then like soup and salad entrees and desserts, we will pick together one from each of those sections and then split everything down the middle. Mm-hmm. So again, for us, that is now a verb. And if we go to other restaurants and we want to do the same thing, we'll say to each other, do you want to California grill it? And I we'll see. know, we'll know what we're talking about. Yeah. So, but anyways, it's really fun to have that sort of experience. Um, the sushi at California grill was also surprisingly good. I did not think that 
first of all, I didn't think that sushi was going to be on that menu, but it's a very, it's quite a um, broad menu. It has quite a, quite a range of flavors um, on its menu. And I actually just looked it up today. They're actually doing a set menu for the uh, 50th anniversary. Um, so some of these things are actually not available right now. I did see the sushi on there, but not the ravioli, which I was very mm-hmm. sad about. Um, so it's a, it's a prefix menu. So it means it's at one set uh, price and you do get to California grill it and pick one from each of the sections, but that's per person, not to split. <laughs> right. So I, Ooh, I can't imagine how full you would be after that experience. <laughs> <laughs> if you each had something from all of the different sections. Uh, but that, that would be something fun to experience as well. The special 50th pre-course or prefix uh, menu um, at the California grill with the, the special fireworks and everything. That would be amazing. That's on my list. Check. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, so another really unexpected one. Uh, so actually before you get Mm -hmm. to your next unexpected, uh, dining experience i have something else to add about the california grill and that is here's a little tip for people if you can't get a reservation to dine in the dining room frequently what you can get is seats at the bar that's at the california grill and then once you're at the bar you can order the full California grill menu. It's available to you. So you could just sit at the bar. You get all the uh, benefits of eating at the California grill. You're just sitting at the bar instead of a a table for two, let's say. Right. And it's a big open room with huge picture windows. So even if you're sitting at the bar watching the fire, you can still see them. Yeah. The only downside I feel about California grill is it gets noisy there. It no, can. Uh, yeah. Sound does travel. Just be prepared for that. It's okay if, you, as long as you're prepared. It's, it, you know, it wasn't horrifically loud where it ruined my meal. I was prepared for it because I knew that it was going to be um, noisy. So if you know it's going to be noisy and you're okay with that, it's not the place to have a necessarily, um, you know, a sweet romantic meal if you want something sweet nice romantic meal you might go someplace else if it gets too loud but uh, anyway that's all i had to say continue (laughs) so there we go do you have a are you reading my mind that was another good segue into the next one oh good so this this one is a good place for a romantic wheel meal and because it's a it's a smaller restaurant Mm -hmm. very much off the beaten path because it's not technically at a disney resort okay uh but it's close right um and um it just is it it over at disney springs no it's not okay good guess guess, where is it so it is at um it is over at the swan and dolphin and i'm talking about blue zoo by todd Uh english Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Again, my husband being a foodie, so I really got my my foodiness from him. It's rubbed off on me from him. Uh-huh. And um, he requested that we go to Blue Zoo on one of our trips uh, just a couple of years ago. I was a little trepidatious because sometimes the menus are a little bit out of my reach. But like as I'm growing and developing my my tastes more and more, this was one of my favorite experiences of all the meals we've had there. And I can't, I can't wait for us to go back. I keep trying to sneak it in on another trip. And then like we, we invariably just end up at other places, but this one was quite delicious too. Um, we had crab, we started with crab nachos, which uh, being a Texas girl along the Gulf coast, I really love crab and shrimp. And these were absolutely to die for. There was not, it was a huge pile of chips and cheese and uh beans and crab and all the different accoutrements and we polished it off (laughs) (laughs) and that was an appetizer (laughs) right um that was probably enough for at least 
at least three, if not four people to split. Mm-hmm. Like we probably could have eaten that for our meal and been done, but no, no, we, we continued <laughs> on and had, had an entree. And I want to say a couple of sides. I don't think we did dessert because we were just so full by the time we got done. Um, so also I am, I'm not a huge, um, I don't imbibe in alcoholic beverages all that often. Um, I'm very picky about them. I don't like the taste of alcohol that much. So if I drink something, it, it can't taste like alcohol to me. Um, I'm the opposite. I need the drink to bite back. (laughs) No, I don't want it to bite at all. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, So one of the best drinks I've ever had was there. Um, and I'm always a little nervous to get drinks because you just never quite know how strong it's going to be. Even with all the different, you know, ingredients listed on the menu, you just never quite know exactly how strong it's going to be. And it could depend on the, on the day and the bartender. Um, so, but I had a smoking sangria, which was Riesling with muddled strawberries, peach liqueur, lemon juice, and topped off with liquid nitrogen. So of course it was smoking when it came to the table. I guess I, I guess I glossed over that portion when I ordered it. Cause I don't, I was surprised when it came to the table and there was like this flourish of, you know, um, there was sort of a presentation aspect to it yes. as well. Um, but I don't remember the restaurant being overly crowded. Um, it was a pretty quiet experience. Again, it's a little bit off the beaten path. It isn't a convention hotel. Um, right. to your point earlier, like if there is a convention going on, probably would be much more crowded, um, uh, if there was a convention going on at that time, it was pretty late. I don't think we ate until maybe nine o'clock. Uh, so that may be why there weren't very many people there. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was a very, that was a very good experience. Although that's probably one of the fullest times I've ever been in my life. We <laughs> ate so much food that night and, so we were staying at art of animation. So to get back, we took, we were, we were thinking about walking back to the Skyliner around Crescent Lake, um, at the entrance or the back entrance to Epcot and the international gateway. Yes. And we were so full. We barely were able to waddle our way to the dock (laughs) to go to the boat, (laughs) to take it to the, to take it to the international gateway. And when I mean waddle, I mean, we really, we, we waddled. It was a very slow walk. <laughs> gotcha. Um, so we are down to number five now. Can but you before you get to number five, I've got yes. a question about right. Blue Zoo. Yes. It, uh, it was blue, like the color blue, right? Actually, yes, it was. It, yes. it was a mm-hmm. very blue tone. Absolutely. That leads to my question. See, we're just vibing off of one another today. <laughs> How would you rate the ambiance of uh, Blue Zoo? Uh, in terms of of what? Because, I mean, we've talked about, like, noise level and, Just I mean... It, o- overall, the feel that you get from the restaurant. Do you, you know, on a scale of 1 to 10, did uh, you, was it outstanding or was it, like, oh, my God, I need to take a shower? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would say it was about an eight. I, I okay. can't say it's like way up. I would put as far as like ambiance and decor and right. such, I would put Toledo above. Mm-hmm. I would say that's a nine or a 10 uh, because that one, the the ambiance really and the decor really lend itself to the meal. Right. Um, at Blue Zoo, it was blue. So, I mean, you do feel very mellow, you know, right. and again, slower. Oh, I have another question. So. How would you describe the cuisine over at Blue Zoo? Is it basically like a new American type of yeah, establishment? With, with quite a bit of seafood, because again, I said crab right. nachos. Uh, and I think I think or my husband you... had I remember there was a lot of fish and shrimp mm-hmm. on the menu, but there were also steaks. Right. Um, so yeah, so it was a pretty well-rounded. Uh, American menu. Yeah, I would definitely but say with that. a heavy seafood focus. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Great. Good place to find seafood. Excellent. So if you're looking for something off the beaten path, I would definitely um definitely recommend Blue Zoo. I don't think reservations would be too hard to get for that one because really no one talks about it. Right. 
um, again, this was a, a request by my husband to go there and I was very pleasantly surprised at how, how good that experience was. Yeah. So now we will get down to our last entry on the, on the overlook experiences on my, on my list. Yes. Um, and that's going to be the enchanted rose. So this one is, uh, a little bit different again, because it's a lounge, not Mm -hmm. a full restaurant, Yeah, but it's a really good place to go, um, to rest your feet in the air conditioning, (laughs) get a drink, get a snack. Um, a couple of our favorites there are the, they have, uh, truffle fries Mm -hmm. with truffle sauce, which is to die for. I love anything truffle. Um, they had a really good flatbread, which is a good, uh, shareable option. And then again, I don't do a lot of drinking. So at this particular, uh, place, that's okay. I, I, I do enough for both of us. I can speak to that when you're done. But I like to get, I like to try some of the non-alcoholic drinks and uh, here you can get a rosemary lemonade, which is super refreshing when it's 95 degrees and full humidity and threatening to rain outside. <laughs> gotcha. Um, and the ambiance here. So the Enchanted Rose is fairly new and it, it is. Yeah. Cause when I visited, it had only been open for a few months. Yeah. And so it is uh, themed to Beauty and the Beast. There's lots of very, it's a very subtle theming. It's not hit you over the head kind of. Yes, like, it's very adult. Yes, yes, very much so. Um, there's three, uh, three lounge spaces. So there's the Enchanted Forest, um, which has pictures of the Enchanted Forest on uh, the wall. Um, and then there is like the main dining room where the chandelier has uh is themed to bell's yellow dress and then there's the library which is really very quiet that's a very chill space um the the main the main space where the chandelier is has the an actual bar where you can sit around where they make the drinks that is probably the most kind of hopping space mm-hmm. um it's a little more lively and crowded in there but the other two are kind of wings off to either side um, and are a little more, uh, a little more relaxed and quiet. But yeah, I really, I really enjoy going over there, particularly on a magic kingdom day when it's super hot <laughs> and yes. you need a break. Um, it's just a short, either monorail or boat ride away, um, from magic kingdom. And again, going the other way, mm-hmm. you know, short monorail or boat ride away. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a great place to relax, get out of the heat. It's an AC drinks <laughs> food, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and get away from, from the crowds of the park. Sometimes, you know, if it's, uh, during a very crowded season, um, it's never been super crowded in that lounge, um, because it's at one of the resorts. Um, and I think it opens around four, which is a good, a good time to go take a break. Yeah. So I think that's all that's on my list for this week. Well, Bonus time, bonus people. It's <laughs> it, this is for you. So I'm gonna add on to your list. Oh, I'm dying I've to got hear. two overlooked spots, dining experiences at uh Walt Disney World. And um, so on my last visit, we uh we were spending the day in the Magic Kingdom, and ordinarily when I'm inside a park at Walt Disney World, I'll eat inside the park. But on this occasion, we left the Magic Kingdom and walked over to the Contemporary Resort for a full-service meal at um, what is now Steakhouse 71. But when I was visiting it, it was called the Wave dot, dot, dot of American flavors. And a lot of the menu that uh, they had then, they when they reopened it as Steakhouse 71, is there now. So uh, I believe the chef was, this, they just kind of reimagined it and used it as a chance to kind of reinvent some things. But um, so I'm going to say, go here because it's like this little hidden gem. I was 
I personally was ready for some cocktails. Unlike Heather, <laughs> I was ready. And um, uh, I had gone to Walt Disney World with uh, a very good friend of mine. And his name is Keith. And Keith had the spicy poblano margarita. And I had the blood orange margarita. And once again, uh, <laughs> we ended up ordering the same thing for our, we went there for lunch and uh, we ordered the same thing. You would think that we would order different foods and then share and taste like you right. and your husband do. But no, we want what we want <laughs> and we just happen to want the same thing. Um, we both ordered the pepperadella pasta with butternut squash puree. Roasted I think that may be what I, so I was, this almost made my list, but uh -huh. it didn't because the wave is yeah. not technically there anymore. Right. And so that I was like, oh, yeah. I don't want to put that on my list because yeah. I haven't been to Steakhouse 71 yet. Yeah. Right. Uh, but yes, that, but they that was transferred delicious. a lot of their menu. Um, so I, I feel justified. So you've got that with butternut squash puree, roasted vegetables, and a truffle arugula salad. And then for dessert, Keith had the seasonal flight. Uh, it was a pineapple cheesecake, strawberry mousse cake, and the Florida key lime tart. I um, wanted something very light for lunch. Um, so I went with a trio of sorbet, lemon ice Ooh. sorbet, stone fruit sorbet, blueberry banana sorbet. And I was just living for this. You've got to go. It is so good. Um, no, that's not the blood orange margarita talking. That's, <laughs> a, that's me talking. And we told our server, Michelle, who was excellent, uh, that we loved our cocktails. And both Keith and I are extremely picky about uh, our pour. And this was perfect. Uh, we like our cocktails strong, and they were plenty strong. So <laughs> she was happy to hear that because it was the bartender's first day at the restaurant. He was over at the beach club and yacht club uh, before this, and she convinced the manager to bring him over. So good move, Michelle. The only downside is the restaurant looks like it's a middle American hotel chain restaurant. <laughs> it looks a lot like you're at a Hilton <laughs> um, so not inspiring at all, but the food was delicious. So, um, you know, ambiance, not so great, but the food was, I, I would give it a nine, um, overall, I would give the whole experience a nine. So I absolutely loved it. And, you know, to that point, your, your server can also make or break your experience. Yeah. She was wonderful. Yeah. So that was that was something I hadn't um, included on my list, but yeah, that that is something that is a very integral part to your uh, dining experience as well. Exactly. And then the other bonus dining experience is we took a bus over to the Wilderness Lodge, and where do you think we are having dinner? Well, there's two places. <laughs> Just keep it to yourself. It's, it's a quiz for the audience. Um, I have never been at this restaurant or this resort before. I felt like it was at the home of Aaron Copeland. I don't know what uh, his home looked like, but I just got the feeling of Americana from this huge Lincoln Log uh, lobby. I loved it. And I totally could see myself staying here. We needed a little help from a cast member to help us find our way out to the restaurant. And we first encountered a takeout window. And I thought we had to order our meal there and then take it over to a table. But no, um, I just found out that I just was a little lost. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they directed us to where we needed to be. And there were a couple of cast members who were hosting like a full service restaurant. 
but it was just another quick service restaurant. Uh, what was quick service about it? It functioned just like a full service restaurant, if you ask me. Um, so if you want a great use of a quick service credit for um, a full service experience, I say go to Geyser Point Bar and Grill. That's the place to go. Um, once again, I had I have this little um, name badge that I had uh, made for me years and years and years ago. They don't even make them anymore. Oh, in fact, like um, I had, we went after lunch. We were doing like this whole little bar crawl and, uh, along the monorail and. Originally, I was going to go to the Outer Rim Lounge in the Contemporary, but because that bartender was so good during lunch, we went back to the bar that he was working at, and he made us more drinks there. And uh, one of the cast members was old enough to remember my badge, and he was, oh my God, I can't believe, I haven't seen that in years and years and years, which was funny because when I'm at... Uh, Geyser Point, um, the server uh, was just really thrown back. And it that happened multiple times, that trip. Um, in fact, uh, you know, the hosts, when they were seating me at the table, were awfully curious about me. And I just told them that I was very special. We're all <laughs> very special. And they agreed. Yes, we are all very special. And we had a good laugh. And then when the server came by, um, the server then started inquiring about all of, you know, what is this name tag about? And um, at first I started with a lie. <laughs> I was telling people lies my whole trip along that I was in middle management and I'm here on a scouting mission for Josh tomorrow. And <laughs> don't tell anybody. And, um, but then I couldn't keep it up and I broke down and I told people the truth. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a good way to get to know my neighbors at dinner. Um, but once again, Keith and I had very similar orders. We both ordered the bison cheeseburger with bacon, cheddar, sweet onion, lettuce and tomato, garlic aioli, and a marionberry barbecue sauce on our on an art, artisan roll. And um, that barbecue sauce was awesome. Mine came with a side of quinoa salad. I had a wild strawberry lemonade, which was non-alcoholic. Something like I don't, it, most of the time when I'm uh, having a dinner, it's very rare to me to have for to have alcohol. Um, so I just had a, a strawberry lemonade. It was delicious. And um, Keith got uh, a superior rum, 44 degrees North Idaho potato vodka, aviation gin, Cointreau, and sweet and sour with a splash of Coca-Cola. And... Um, our whole bill came to $54.84, but that was in the before times, before inflation <laughs> took hold. So Lord knows how much this meal would cost today. Um, but since this place had a server, our, our plan, uh, this was back in the days of having a dining plan. So we had a dining plan and it uh, did not include a tip. So we paid another you know, $10 and change for a tip. And but dinner was absolutely delicious. My bison burger was made to order. I ordered a medium rare burger, and that's exactly what I got. Uh, also, because that doesn't happen as much as you would hope. It yeah, went, that's very uh, true. Yeah, so I was really happy uh, that that had happened. The burger was sizable, especially for the amount of money I was paying. It was nice to see it wasn't this mini little you know, White Castle slider. <laughs> <laughs> um, even by not by, uh, you know, Disney standards, it was a great value. Bison meat isn't inexpensive. So um, uh, 
I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> I have heard my that, that was Leanna. So if you get Leanna, you're in for a treat. Although she's a local Floridian. We had a discussion about the weather and she and I had completely different views on what is considered cool. <laughs> it was a cool evening, but uh, she thought it was, you know, quite cold. I'm like, honey, this thing, this is summer here. And that, it was that like would that, probably be the same discussion between you and me. <laughs> yeah. It was like the end of October. And so, yeah, we got into it. And, um, the restaurant sits on Bay Lake and the darkness of night blanketed our view. Actually, we were seated so that we couldn't really see the lake. Uh, but maybe if you go during the day, that would be a good thing. Maybe you could see the lake, um, but I couldn't. It's basically, I saw my neighbors having uh, their dinner next to us and that was, and the bar, and I was, I could see the bar. The bar was in front of me and um, that's basically all I saw. So there's a lot of wood at this place, beams of wood, it, um, which fits in with the whole wilderness lodge motif but uh it looks like a great place for a burger and beer while you relax on the lake so i highly recommend it like um overall i would rate it a nine out of ten yeah wilderness lodge is a beautiful very laid back uh resort because of its uh it's style. Like you wouldn't know that there's a bustling theme park, you know, just over yeah. yonder. Right. Um, you know, just from being, especially out that kind of back part where Geyser Point is. Did you yes. go visit the Geyser when you were there? Did no. you go see it go off? Nope. No. Cause you, uh, you didn't go see the name. No, because we, 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 uh, time was ticking and we got it. <laughs> we had to see the fireworks show over at the magic kingdom. Yeah. So, uh, basically, uh, from Wilderness Lodge, we went and took a boat to get us over to the Magic Kingdom. And we got there just in the nick of time because shortly after we arrived at our spot, it things were like closing down <laughs> and you couldn't get to where you wanted. And yeah, uh, you know, I have this picture of me turning around and taking a picture of all the people behind us and it was just it just was insane I, oh god and the, and the thought of what i'm sure it's like that today i'm sure it's the same thing and i would be i'd be freaking out i, I just would and i'm all boosted up and i, uh, yeah. I actually anyway. watched from behind the castle last time oh that would be interesting yeah that was that was a new experience but quiet like there was no one well yeah quiet oh. in that there was no one there but louder because the fireworks are are kind of all like literally all around you because there's some shut off from the castle itself and then well, some how on the, the projections work in, in a situation that, like that yeah that's that's the one drawback is you don't get any of the projections that's yeah i feel like on the front yeah, I, I wish like they would they, do it on the back too, so that you could yeah. kind of disperse the crowd some. I know at Disneyland they do some of the projections on the "It's a Small World" building. Gotcha. All right, now that we veered off way off the track, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great discussion of hidden gems in the Walt Disney World. Thank you. Like what you are hearing? Tell your friends that they too can now find us on their favorite podcast player like Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Alexa or Google Home Devices and Google Podcasts. You are tasked with spreading the word about Travel Happens to two of your friends. If you and your friends follow our podcast, that would help us out tremendously. And should you fail to recommend this podcast, podcast, <laughs> podcast, <laughs> I will place a curse on you. If you do not share this podcast, may you lose power to your residents for a day. Good luck. Good luck with that. <laughs> um, 
there's a lot of construction going on in my neighborhood. And that situation is not an un- uncommon event. So good luck without power for a day. That's all I got to say. But, you know, you can avoid all that. Just follow us and spread it's the easy. word. It's yeah. so easy. There you go. Okay. We're obsessed. So obsessed. What are you obsessed about, Heather? So right now, we're going to... I'm obsessed with a TV show. We're going to uh-huh. go back to a TV show. Okay. Uh, uh, we are obsessed with Only Murders in the Building. Have you watched oh, that one? I No, I have not seen that. And it's on Hulu, right? Uh, yes, it is on Hulu. Yeah. That's because I no longer have a Hulu subscription. I uh, really had... Uh, my income has really uh, got cut down. So I had <laughs> <Budget> to <laughs> budget cuts. So I had to let some things go, but I have heard wonderful things about it. And they're in the middle of season two now, aren't they? Yes. Uh, so yeah. I'm in, I'm in the middle of it. I haven't, we haven't finished it yet because I think there's still two or three episodes left to uh-huh. even drop. Cause they're dropping them weekly instead of like all I at see. once. I got you. Um, but yeah, it's a really, (laughs) it's a really fun, I I hesitate to say fun, but it's, it's funny. Um, of course it has Steve Martin and Martin short Yeah, and you get the two of them together. Like it's, you know, it's going to be really good because they're such good friends and well, they could be, you know, you don't know who the showrunner is and who the director is. Right. Yeah, they, but, but the they potential can really is definitely screw it there. up, <laughs> or just screwball it up, which is just yeah. part of it. I mean, it is it is a drama. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, only murders in the building. I mean, I think each season is probably going to follow someone who's dead um, in the same building. Every in the year, same, someone yeah, probes in the same in the building. building? Yeah, so, so, well, actually, because they they solved two murders in the first season, uh, and so the the. There's someone else died okay. uh, in the same building. Uh, and so now they're trying to solve that one. But the, the really funny thing is, and really the connection to us, is that they have a podcast. Okay. The Only Murders in the Building is their podcast that was born out of them sort of playing detective to solve these murders that have happened in their building. Right. And so it's it's a very fun look at them doing that and so it's it's really funny to me to watch since we have a podcast yeah it's funny to me to watch while they're like they'll record like little snippets while they're out and stuff and and just the way that they do that uh is is in highly entertaining to me mm-hmm. <laughs> you know because i'm i'm there <laughs> i'm yeah. there w- with them uh but yeah the two of them are magic and then uh selena gomez is is sort of the third that rounds out the trio right. and you just wouldn't think that like who thought that that trio was going to get put together and would work but it works so well she plays off of them just it's chef's kiss it's it's a lot of fun i was really yeah. looking People forward to season see that. two heather gave a chef's kiss yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. I love unexpected surprises like that. Yeah, it's a good, um, it's definitely a good summer watch. Uh, it's mm-hmm. just, just, uh, it's a f- kind of lighthearted-ish drama. I mean, it's, yeah. again, it's murder. So like there is some serious business, but yes. you got two, two funny people, you know, who are starring in the show. So it's going to be on the lighter side of things. Right. So what are you obsessed with? Um, well, Ordinarily, up until this point, I've been dealing with um, things in my life that uh, need a little boost in um, attention. And this week's item needs no help from me whatsoever. We're talking about a mega superstar. Like when a mega superstar drops an album they don't need <laughs> and, and you know listen they're they are so popular not just in the united states i would venture to say they're probably popular world over and that is beyonce just released a new album renaissance and um that's what i'm obsessed over this album is just a dance music uh 
exploration. She goes into different kind of subsets of dance music. And I love to go out dancing, although I don't know when the last time I went out dancing was. But um, it, it it's really great. She uses these techno synths go taking you into this like galactic world. And then there's themes uh, celebrating, uh, giving love and support to the black queer community. And um, it's, it relies on just a foundation of being supportive and love. And I think that's wonderful. The album is a bit messy. But then if you know the dance scene, the dance scene is also a bit messy too. So um, I, I guess it kind of follows through. And then the other thing is you really get a sense that Beyonce seems to embrace a freedom. And I think that naturally comes with age. Like you get to a point in life where you really don't care about what people have to say or what they think. And I think she's uh, really doing that with this album. Although today I did uh, see that um, there was some blowback to her album because of the way uh, she dealt with um, uh, the ableist community. And she uh, is like revising something so that uh, she's more embracing of the world as a whole and the world that we live in. But yeah, so I, I, I love her music and I especially love this album and I can't wait to dance to it. <laughs> well, I, I could, well, this is a tiny bedroom that I'm in right now. I mean, really like no one is going to be dancing in this bedroom, but yeah, I'll, I'll turn on my, um, my Amazon device and have a good old time. Dance party for one. Dance party for one. Thank you so much, Heather. Thank goodness I made it a specific point to eat prior to recording this podcast. Otherwise, I'd be really cranky. Um, <laughs> and hopefully... Um, People out there, as soon as they heard that Heather was going to be on this podcast, they put a pause and went and got something to eat and then came back and listened to the rest of what the heck was going on um, so that they wouldn't be cranky either. I love discovering new things and uh, not so new destinations. Um if you would like help with the vacation plans, my contact information is in the show notes. I can help with adventures with ocean and river cruising, as well as universal parks and resorts. If you would like help with Disney and universal products, seek out Heather. Heather's contact information is in the show notes as well. Thank you, dear listener, for spending time with us. Next week... Um, will be my interview with a friend and we're going to discover their experience aboard the Royal Caribbean ship Oasis of the Seas. How exciting. Mm. But don't forget to reach for the magic. Reach for the adventure. <laughs>